Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. This is Jay Dirt, Baller's Eve, and I'm jumping off the porch with Dirty Glow Bastard. All right, so we got my boy Jay Dirt, aka DJ Dirty, jumping off the porch with us today, man. Yes, sir. Welcome, bro. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. A lot of history with Dirty Glove Bastard. A lot of history, man. Wild. So, yeah. Jay Dirt is one of the first supporters of Dirty Glove Bastard. Seen this rise, you know, firsthand. So we got a lot of history to talk about. Oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. What's literally. up, Ziploc? Yeah, literally day I'll zero. look at the camera for Ziploc. What's up, Zip? <laughs> <laughs> He's down there in South by having a ball, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He'll yeah, be watching man. this next week. Yeah, so first off, how are you feeling today, man? Feeling great. It's good to be back in Atlanta, be back home. It's always good to be home. Yes, sir. Weather's not good, but yeah. hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with you, Spitty. It's good to be here. Uh, probably beats the snow or wherever, you know, whatever's happened in New York. We right had now. some shitty snow this week. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was all, it didn't even stick. Hmm. So it's, that's why it was really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so originally from Atlanta, right? Originally from Atlanta. Uh, my parents born and raised in Brooklyn. Okay. I grew up down here. I grew up spending summers in New York, and I always had the bug for. New York, but you know, Atlanta's always been home. Yeah. So what part of Atlanta did you grow up in? I grew up in Marietta. Okay. And okay. then I, uh, I was out there and then later on I moved downtown as a, you know, as a young adult or whatever. I lived in Inman Park in okay. a little five points area, you know. Gotcha. So what did Atlanta look like back then and how does that compare to what it looks like today? Okay. Major differences. Uh, Marietta back then was, uh, how do I say, um, it was like, there wasn't really like the perimeter that like 285 really represents kind of now. I feel like it was a little different back then. There wasn't such a dividing thing. And it feels like when I was a kid growing up, uh, there wasn't a 770, it was all 404 <laughs> like out there. And my dad had Fulton County plates, you know, in Marietta back then, like when I was growing up. So uh, I think Fulton County was bigger uh, back then, uh, and we just kind of happened to be on that edge of Marietta, where it was like right there, kind of in that zone. So not far from Sandy Springs. Okay, okay. Yeah, so um, how did you get your started? Were you just DJing at first? Like, what, what was your breakthrough in music? The breakthrough in music? I mean, I was just in high school. I mean, I was just, you know, in music. Okay, so first, first off, I got some turntables in high school. 
or whatever. And this, this, this kid hooked me up, sort of. Like I got some, some janky gear and this like disco mixer. This is like 1992 or some shit like that. Oh, and wow. uh, I, I was like all I could really get my hands on, but I, I got it and, and I tooled around with it for a little while. And then I kind of, I put it on the shelf for a little bit, but I always had this thing. I was like, I always want to like get the right gear. I, I mm. want I want to get DJing at some point or whatever. So I don't know, as time moved on, I had different friends in different situations like with like college radio shows and stuff. And I'd go by and check that shit out. And I was always like, man, like this is so cool. Like radio, I don't know. I just, so then basically fast forward, I moved to New York. I've been DJing a little bit at this point. Um, and I got this opportunity to be a part of this uh, radio station, uh, East Village Radio. Okay. Um, and through that, I was really able to launch like a DJ kind of career or make a name for myself in any kind of music or whatever. That, that's really kind of where it came from was yeah. like, it was all dreamt up in that little box, you know, on First Avenue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, for, the the I, longer the short, the shorter the long. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So how does Baller's Eve get birthed? And like, who was the original members of Baller's Eve? So Baller's Eve started uh, in 2003. Uh, in October, it'll be 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, it basically started because me and uh, my best friend, uh, Ponce, Minsky Walker, um, we basically, you know, had this opportunity at this radio station, uh, East Village Radio. And um, I was, so I was tooling around over there, like already doing some stuff. And I was kind of playing like this show that was like some rap music, some punk rock music, some hardcore music, and some just weird jazz shit or whatever. I just had a, an eclectic taste of music or whatever. But I was always playing a lot of like, uh, like, you know, for, for New York, I was playing some weird ass Southern shit. You know what I mean? They were like, they, that's the, what is this B? You know what I mean? Like I was always getting hated on for my taste. You know, three, six, Ma people hated on three, six mafia in New oh, York. Yeah. Back, I could back, imagine. In 2001, 2002, 2003, whatever. People hated on Southern rap music. You know, they kind of fuck with, with, uh, uh, they kind of fuck with UGK because they had a song with Jay-Z. <laughs> like literally that's how fucking corny motherfuckers were like, yeah. but whatever, no disrespect to UGK long live the pimp. But you know, uh, that's just us, you know, there was kind of a fuck up, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, so yeah, Baller's Eve really got started because we had this, this opportunity to do a radio show. And um, my buddy was like, my, my, my best friend, Misky Walker, he was like, listen, let's do an all Southern show. And I was like, let's call it Baller's Eve. And he was like, yes. And we had to, Baller's Eve would have been this name for this drink that we we now we decide like we're like we, we we haven't really decided on who's right but but there was this drink that we used to drink back then it was like vodka and orange juice or whatever we called it a baller's eve huh. and it got written on a mix cd one time baller's eve mixed one and then so it was this joke we had and then it was our radio show oh wow now 20 years later <laughs> it was just something we said baller's eve like and then yeah we the original crew it was me and Misky Walker. Okay. And then shortly after, Cat Daddy Slim added. And then Sergio Vega. Um, and then, man, the crew grew and grew and grew. Uh, you know, you know. Oh, yeah. So you kind of touched on it, but like at this point in time, Southern music didn't really have a home in New York City. No. And that was our whole point, was we were going to be 
We were going to be the, the voice of the South in New York. We were going to give the, the South a voice in New York. Yeah. We we're going to be a platform, you know, and uh, that, was our, that was our mission. We were like going off of what Andre said. The South got something to say. Hmm. We were really sick of people being too cool for Southern rap, like in New York. You know, we thought that shit was corny, you know, um, and we, you know, and because people, it was funny, like you'd have these New York guys, they'd be like, they, they would talk shit on like uh, on, on Southern rap, right? And then, then they would like later on be like, yo, but I kind of like 8-Ball and MJG or something <laughs> like that. And you'd be like, you just talk all this shit, like, but they want to talk to you about that one thing that they like. <laughs> And then a couple of years later, they're wearing a Gucci Mane t-shirt. <laughs> but we were there, you know, oh, yeah. we were there. So how do we go from, you know, just spinning Southern music to now we got the artists pulling up. We doing live interviews on the show too. A lot of grinding. MySpace. 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 Okay. MySpace helped us get all the original interviews we could get or whatever, which were anybody that we could get like we were just trying to connect with folks and we were just really trying to be a platform for artists i mean we had um i want a shout out to hood tech in arkansas they were some folks that were really doing an independent grind that found us and we would play their music and they would come to new york and we would we would support them and um a lot of folks like that where their people were just grinding and and they 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 knew that we were really authentically trying to be like Here's a platform, you know, like we'll play your music, you know, like you come to New York, we'll, we'll show you some love, you know, and, that, and that's how we were. And it started with that, like from people that nobody knew who they were to where it became the next artist up. Yeah. And that's how we grew it. And that's how people wanted to come there. There was some people that came that were early, like Devin, the dude was was early to kick it with us. Um, Slim Thug, you know, there was. Some cats, I mean, we, we, we definitely had some love early on, but, you know, on the grander scale, as things moved on, when it became a thing, you know, um, you know, but it grew from us just really building with, you know, grassroots type of, type of artists, you know, people, regional stuff, you know, yeah. supporting that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists got their first press in New York through you guys. We were the part of the press run, you know, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, we were definitely a part of that press run. I was talking to Spitty about it earlier. Uh, you know, you know, back in those days, there was a couple of you know, couple of places that a southern artist could go or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. and we were definitely like the first stop. I mean, that's how I met Jackie Chain. You know, who my boy, who you know, I done all kinds of crazy shit with him. But we met through, you know, all this stuff. Okay. So how did you connect with Spitty? I don't think I've ever heard this story. I mean, I think through Spitty. I think it was through Ronnie. Okay. I think, um, I mean... A, a when something happens to your kitchen, you might say... This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor... State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Originally, I mean, it, I knew that he was, I think we met at South By or something like that. Like, I think we were, I think we met at South By and then like he was part of DGB crew. 
And then he was in New York like a year later or something after we met. Like, so it was like probably 09, I think he was saying he moved to New York. So it's like going back 14 years ago. Okay. But I remember Spitty calling me and being like, yo, man, get up to Harlem right now, man. They're about to shoot the low, the low boots video, man. Like titty boy out here, bro. Come pull up. Before two chains. <laughs> Before two chains. Yeah, I remember pull, it was the coldest day. I remember, I remember Tit was like, who, <laughs> he said, he said, who, who brought Rick Rubin? Cause I had a big ass beard. You remember that, Spitty? <laughs> I had a big ass, messy ass beard, and he was like, "Who brought Rick Rubin?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, talk about this BG interview, man. This the the BG leg- interview. This is legendary. Legendary. We edited some of it out on YouTube <laughs> because out of respect. <laughs> but man, BG was. I mean, uh, it was great. Uh, it was a great interview. But he did nod out uh, in mid-interview, and uh, he was on sipping lean or something. But it was a great interview. But he did sleep for a little bit. But you know, but you can go check it out on the Ballers Eve YouTube. But, oh, it's still up there. It's 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 out there. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. I, I think I might have put it on the Instagram too at some point. But uh, but I cut out the the part where he nodded out. Like, yeah. and, and, and you know, that's the difference between now and and then is back then I do an interview like that. I'm like, yo man, I'm gonna make this nice and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna disrespect the legend, mm-hmm. but motherfuckers nowadays oh, get, a, get that, a video that, of somebody- That's the title, BG falls asleep during an interview. We, this is the clip we're gonna run. And that shit's corny to me, yeah. but I'm from a different era. Yeah. It's I mean, I'm almost, I'm, 47, yeah. I'm gonna be 47 next month. I'm not like, I mean, so I don't always, I came up a part of this internet thing that happened or whatever, but like where it went, like, that, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that kind of behavior. I don't, I don't think click, the, 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 what do they call that? Clickbait? Clickbait. Clout Fuck chasing. out of here. Any yeah. that clickbait shit, unless it's Star Wars, it don't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also had Dobie on the show during his oh, rise. Man. Many times. And freestyling and everything. Everything. Man. Yeah, man. Doe, uh, man, RIP Doe. Uh, he always pulled up. He pulled up to, he pulled up to Baller's Eve uh, anniversary nine and anniversary 10, um, got pictures of him and gangsta boo RIP, um, at Enid's, uh, me and, me and Spitty were talking about it earlier. It was this like bar in Brooklyn that we used to turn into, I mean, it was like a restaurant in Brooklyn that we turned into like a club on the weekends. Like, and, and, but yeah, I mean, I had like Southern legends out there, Dobie and you know, all, all these, yeah, I mean, Doe was, uh, the truth, man. He was a really good dude. He, um, he was, he was a real man, and uh, you know his team, D and Frank White. Uh, they, those those guys are my boys, and um, you know I, when when all that shit went down, that was that was a real dark time. Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, man, R.I.P. Doby. He's he's the truth, man. Like he he deserved better. Oh yeah, he was on his way, man. He deserved better, man. That, that's that's yeah. He's like one of the first like artist people that I met through that world that that we lost and and uh, and that was I couldn't even I, it took it was really hard to believe it was really hard to believe that we lost him when when we did it was it was tough yeah. he was a great guy and you played a big part in like helping blow up the Huntsville Alabama scene too man. oh Huntsville yeah talk about that movement at the time wow um, man um, G side. Um, you were on the album, weren't you? Yeah, I was on. I was on, <laughs> was I was on, the, on the album. Yeah, G side. Um, I toured. 
I toured with G-Side. I went to Norway with G-Side. Oh, did, oh, yeah, I right. DJed for them. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I was tight with those dudes. Um, Cody G, um, Untamed. Um, man, I, I, there's a lot of folks in, in uh, G-Main. Oh, man, there's so many people in, in Huntsville that I fuck with. Uh, Jackie Chain, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about, like, I, I'm going to stop here because I'm going to leave somebody <laughs> out. But, like, I, like, I love Huntsville. And, and when, when we started fucking with Huntsville Records um, and started supporting that, that, that community, they, they, fucked, they, they saw what we were doing and they were like, we're coming up. And those dudes pulled up crazy, like, <laughs> all the time. Like, Huntsville, like, loved Baller's Eve. And, 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 they, and I think they just really had fun when they came to New York, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, they, we, I don't know. It was, it was, it was really cool. We, we connected um, with that whole crew and that scene. And I don't know, it was, like, really deep, uh, like, for many years, you know. I mean, I still, I still tap in with those guys, you know. Yeah. At, you know, here and there or whatever. Yeah, the sound they were bringing at that time was just completely different. The block beaters? Oh, man. Mally Boy, CP, those beats were crazy. They were out of this world. They were out of this world. I mean, if, and if, if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out, just for reference, good Jackie Chain rolling. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's a great example. Yep. Like, and it, because it worked too, because that was a hit record. That was a real hit record. Now, a lot of the records that they made were hits that nobody ever heard. Hits for days. And samples, they were pulling cra- the craziest samples. They, they I, I don't know, like I, I talked to Mally about it one time and, and that dude was really quiet and he was just like, I just like music, man. You know, like, and I'm like, I'm like where is he getting this shit from? Because he would have these crazy references. Like, mm. I don't know, it was really sick. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to Huntsville. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. How'd you connect with Freddie Gibbs, man? Oh, Freddie Gibbs. Um, being supportive, um, I think maybe even through you guys too. Hmm. Uh, I think it might have been an interconnection, but like you know, his team, you know, um, back then, you know, uh, Archie and Lambo and you know, all those dudes. We were connected, and uh, we were playing their records. Uh, we were playing Freddie's records. We had him up on the show. We smoked a bunch of weed, been friends ever since. <laughs> and like, you got us our first drop from Freddie Gibbs. I got you. You got us that drop. I remember that. That's, That's back when drops were like a big thing. It was too. a big thing. Especially for us, because, you know, we didn't know, really know many of these artists personally, but yeah. we were supporting them, so for them to shout us out, that was a big thing, man. Yeah, I forgot about that. I got you the Freddie Gibbs drop. Yeah, but, I mean, me and, uh, yeah, me and Fred go, go back now a, a long way, and, you yeah. know, we, uh, we still cool, you know. Yeah. Shout out to Gibbs, man. Yeah, shout out to Gibbs. Yeah. I, uh, I got a little, uh, I, I had a little, I, I, they actually, I got a good story. Mm-hmm. My most recent uh, Gibbs story was like, not really, but Lambo hit me up um, a couple years ago now, about a year and a half ago. And he was like, uh, you got DJ Paul's number? And I was like, uh, he's, he's like, do you know, you know DJ Paul? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I need him for the album. And I'm like, not super close to Paul, but like, we're cool. We got a lot of mutual friends and we've been around each other and stuff. Like, shouts out to Paul, DJ Paul, like whatever. Um, but he was like, you know, Lambert hit me up and he's like, yo, um, we're trying to get, we're trying to get uh, Paul on the album or whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, well, let me hit him up or whatever. And I hit him up or whatever, but it actually went through and he was on the, 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 the Soul Sold Separately album or whatever, but oh, yeah. uh, they ended up in the studio or whatever. But uh, Lambo gave me a shout out on, a, on the Rap Radar podcast. So I got to give Lambo a shout out now like, or whatever. But yeah, that was kind of cool. That was a little like, you know, doing some, doing some things, you know, yeah. here and there. 
No, that's dope. Like you're connecting the dots for people, man. Still doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Still doing it. Keeping it a little quiet, but yeah. you know, still doing it. <laughs> uh, Speaker Fox. Speaker Fox. Man, great woman, man. Talk yeah. about you guys' relationship. How'd you guys met? And uh, Speaker Fox. We go way back. Um, I met Speaker Fox when she was 17. Um, I, I was, I was, you know, still living in Atlanta. And honestly, like she was, she hung around, you know, me and my friends, we used to hang out at the local on Ponce and do karaoke on Monday nights. It was like 2000, 2001, whatever. Like, and there was like a crew of, uh, there's like this crew of girls that we hung around or whatever, and they were cool. But this one girl used to come around and she'd always be trouble, always be getting into trouble. And like, and I found out she was like 17. I used to be like, a, I used to be like, get out of here, like, you know, you're not even, you know, of age, whatever. This girl, Kristen, like, and then she turned 18. And then I started being nice to her or whatever. And then I didn't see her for like six years. And then Minsky one day is like, yo, remember Kristen? Uh, like the little girl is always in trouble or whatever. And I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, she's DJing now. I, like she wants to come up here and, and, and like DJ on the show. I'm like, She's, everybody's a DJ, like, you know, like, <laughs> really? And like, and I was like, totally like hating, you know, like, you know, I was like that girl, like, you know, she was in so much trouble. And uh, she came up and like, dude, she blew our minds. Like we were like, oh, she got it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it was crazy because she would kind of like watching what we were doing and she kind of like seen us, like she'd known us from back then. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And she kind of seen us go on to New York and start this thing and she became a DJ and she was like wanted to get down with what we were doing and and after we saw her play it was just like yeah you got to be a part of what we're doing you know what I mean like she was she was the truth you know what I mean and uh and uh yeah that's so from that point forward I saw her completely differently um and uh have full respect for her and we got really close and she was she was like my my like my little sister so yeah, it's kind of tough to talk about her, yeah. to be honest. That's but, but um, yeah, she was the truth. She's um, one of the best DJs I've seen. Man. She's, she was, I mean, I don't think anybody blinked an eye when, when everybody said, claimed she was the queen of Atlanta when she passed. You know, nobody said shit. Nobody discredited that. I never saw any, never heard nothing about it. And she was, I mean, she was, I mean, you pulled up to the spot and Speaker Fox is DJing. Everybody's dancing. Mm-hmm. everybody's fucking dancing. And uh, she had this, like, really, I don't know, you don't see DJs like that 
like the current upcoming DJs, um, they don't rock like that, like, you know, per se, like, you know what I'm saying? You just, you just don't, there's, she got something that they don't make anymore. Yeah, and she was always like the coolest person in the room too. Always, <laughs> always. Uh, yeah, she made, she, she made us, she made our crew really proud because she was this girl that we knew that was just this like troubled teen <laughs> or whatever. And she really turned herself into this thing. Like she, she was like, she's an artist. She was a fucking artist. She wasn't just a DJ, she was an artist. And she should remember it that way. Yeah. And she had the swag and everything too. <laughs> I mean, she was like one of those friends that like, I just felt like, like I'm, I, I'm gonna give up. Like I'm just, what, why am I trying to like wear anything crazy? You know what I mean? Like, you, like no point rolling with her, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, speaker, RIP, you know? She was the, the truth, the coolest, the coolest. Absolutely. Very missed. Yeah, I remember that fader fort. Oh, oh she yeah. rocked that shit. Yeah, we were all there. Yep. That was a DGB Baller's Eve like party in that little booth. Yeah. The motion family too. Yeah, it was like we, went, we turned up. Oh my well, god. Well, she turned us up, I should say. Yeah. Shouts out to Andy Cohen. Uh, my boy uh, used to be at the fader mm -hmm. back then. Um, he used to always book me for those those yeah. uh, those uh, those those. It was like the South by Southwest Fader Fort mm -hmm. uh, Saturday. They always had. They always brought in like the big hip hop person, and he'd always like throw me on the. <laughs> in the fort to DJ in the afternoon they'd give me like a case of how much beer was in there oh, enough. enough for Jackie Chan enough. and our crew <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was insane but we were all smoking blunts and oh, turning yeah. up and that thing it was sick yeah that was always the highlight of my South by it was like the fate of fort all I gotta do is text dirt we walking in we in the booth we we turn it up oh front. yeah you guys were always on my list yeah. there was always dirty glove bastard broom on the ballers eve list for life, always. Yeah. 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 And that's how I met Gangsta Boo, was at one of those uh, Fader Fords. Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So how did you first connect with Boo? Um, how did I first connect with Boo? We kind of like, we kind of brushed shoulders like a little bit like through Yellow Wolf, I think, like, okay. and, and Newport. Shouts out to Newport and Wolf. Um, I feel like that's kind of how we initially kind of connected. Mm -hmm. And then um, the Baller's Eve uh, eight-year anniversary party was coming up. And uh, I was like, I wanted to do something really cool um, for like, and have like a really cool headliner. And like me and our team, like we put a little bread together and we we're like, okay, like we could maybe do something like this or that. And I was like, my first choice is like, let's do Gangsta Boo. <laughs> like, I'm going to try to reach out to her. I'll see if we can get her or whatever. But I think she'd be sick. And I think she knows who I am because of Yellow Wolf and shit like, or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. I was like, maybe she'll be cool. So I hit her up and uh, I told her we were like, she's like, where's it going to be? And I was like, it's going to be at uh, Webster Hall, the studio at Webster Hall. She's like, oh, man, Lincoln Park played this sick ass show. I watch it on YouTube all the time. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it and then me and Minsky picked her up at the airport and she was with her hype man or whatever and uh it was like on from that point you know I was like you know we were just connected from there on out we were tight and that was my homegirl like you know we we got it in you know but that was where it started was that she came up for that Ballers Eve eight year anniversary 
she met she met Speaker Fox, um, I think, that weekend. Um, um, she met the Ghetto Gothic crew like that weekend. That, that she really connected with Venus and them, and like there was um, she met like all this kind of like this you know, the New York downtown kind of crew or whatever. And she was like, man, I like it. I like it here. This is cool. Like, and she just wanted to be in New York a lot after that. And we, we kicked it a lot. Like, you know, that was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Super I only cool. met her a couple of times, but she always had the biggest smile on her face every time I've seen her. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. Beautiful smile. Yeah. Beautiful smile. You don't want to see her without that smile. <laughs> you, you don't want to see her without that smile or be her Uber driver. Oh really? You yeah. seen her go off? I seen her somewhere? ride some Uber drivers, like gnarly, <laughs> like gnarly. Why are you going this way? My GPS saying this. <laughs> hey, she is three six mafia, you know. I mean, she that's why Memphis. I sat back and just let her ride the fool, like and not. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you, this gangsta booth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. It ain't your day. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Long live Boo, man. Long, long live, live Boo. Yeah. Lola, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe she's gone, man. Uh, we had a lot of plans. Um, we were, you know, I was, hel I always helped her out with like little bits of business, little, little things like basically shit like man, the white folks like in the record label, they want to talk. I'm like, like, all right, what do you want to, how do you want to handle it? And like, I would make the call. I'd be like, yes, it's Jordan Mers and uh, I'm representing Lola Mitchell. And I would just do some, like, she'd be like, do that white boy shit. You know, like, like I, got, I got you, I got you. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, I mean, that was my homegirl, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, she just wanted to have somebody to call on her behalf and ask questions that like, nobody should have to ask. Like, like gangsta boo shouldn't have to ask these kind of questions so like i was always felt really good about being like how much money you got like and and, and all those type of things like what's up with the publishing or whatever you know i felt comfortable because it's her you know what i mean like she deserves you know she deserved a lot more than she got like you know yeah. you know but um but yeah we had plans this year we had a lot of plans this year um and uh it's it's crazy like that that things worked out the way that they did it was yeah. really really crazy we had uh you know Shouts out to Lola, it we was, love you. It was a shitty way to start the new year. But. It was a crazy way to start the year. It was insane. Yeah. Um, wow, this is it's like unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. This is like Black Mirror, hmm. some shit like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, so many people from our crew, uh, we lost, you know what I mean? The Ballers yeah. Eve crew. You know, because I don't know if people know this, uh, but like, you know, Lola and I did, you know, Gangsta Boo. And I and Jackie Chain, we did a radio show in L.A. with uh, Ballers Eve inspired, like, like, you know, Ballers Eve presents the Night Riders. And we did it for like a year on Dash Radio. But Dash Radio, they like slept and they didn't really support. I, I felt like we had this legendary, you know, we had yeah. the Queen of Memphis and we got Jackie Chain, you know, like pretty cool co-hosts or whatever. They didn't really support it. And it, and it kind of was like it was sad because, you know, we were kind of like, fuck these people. And we did, you know, yeah. or whatever. But um, but I say all that to say. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Something about um, our crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy that like you know we lost Speaker Fox, we lost uh, we lost Lola, um, and uh, we lost Jay Scott. Um, uh, we lost Grip Plies. I mean, those are like you know four people that were uh, integral in the growth and 
how things moved and worked and looked with Baller's Eve and like, you know, um, it's, it's wild, you know, and they were all like real artist people, you know, um, you know, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about Grip. Like, do you Grip. remember the first time you heard his music? Oh, man. I think I, I think, I'm trying to think what the, I think, I mean, I think I heard the, no, no, no. I heard some, what was that, the, the project that he had? Grip Hop. Hmm. So he, he had Grip Hop. And um, I checked it out and I was like, this is weird as shit. Like, like, who is this guy? And then like, I heard some Holly Weird record that he was on. Um, he had like a verse on it. And I was like, this is that Grip Plies guy. And then Fuck That Hipster Shit came out. And it was like all in this like blink of an eye, like all this stuff was happening in Atlanta. Like this like, uh, what, 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 what's that? Um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. I don't know what to call it, but like, but there was like this little like moment and like, so fuck that hipster shit came out and then that was like, it all kind of connected for me. I was like, oh, this is that guy, that, 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 the grip hop guy. And then he was on that Holly Weird song. And I was like, this dude's sick. This dude's the truth. Like, this is like somebody like, I mean, I looked at him, I was like, this is like my boy. Like, you know, and yeah, like I went to Atlanta like a month later and like Yellow Wolf's like, yo, grip, this is dirt. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Oh, wow. That was it. Like, yeah, his sound was just so different from so what different. was coming out of Atlanta at that time. But I mean, it's crazy that like I hear grip in so much stuff that's happened since he's gone. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't think people knew how to nuance stuff and be funny hmm. and to, like the way Grip did until there was like Grip. I think Grip was like, like he had these nuances. Or, I mean, especially like in Atlanta or whatever, Grip had this like, I mean, not to say that nobody was funny or whatever, but like Grip had a special, he had a special way about him. Yeah. You know, he had, a, he, had a, he had a way with words, you know, and I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, gone too soon. Yeah, gone too fucking soon, man. Um, I don't know, but we're gonna get Grip's music up on all the DSPs this year. Okay, cool. Hopefully for Grip Day this year, uh, which is uh, in, at the end of June. I don't want to put the date out there right now and it'd be wrong. So, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna we're trying to have all of um, Grip's music that we can get get up there, get it all on a. Yeah, I remember we booked him for South by one year. Yep. He, he comes in, he lays down on the floor, yep. and performs Died in That Pussy. Yep, Died in That Pussy. And I don't think anyone knew what the fuck was happening. Yep. <laughs> then, you hear the, the, then you hear the Richard Pryor. You hear the Richard Pryor sample. You're like, and then it kicks in. Yep. I mean, bro, like, who, what rapper lay down on stage? <laughs> like, Grip was, like, the ultimate, like, the coolest, but he's just, like, so, like, like, not cool not too cool for anything or anybody like he's actually really the coolest motherfucker ever like literally there was like nobody cooler like i mean nobody cooler than grip Lies. like i mean maybe jay scott <laughs> good tie that's the, that's the, that was the old cool and the young cool that was like that was that's what that was that was like they're equals yeah, the, his website, I'm not a toy.com. I'm not a toy. The truth. Yeah. I remember Jay, Jay used to work down the street from the radio station. 
at, um, at the Reed Space. Uh, like, um, it's a really cool shop. It's not there anymore, but um, it, it was cool, like, streetwear, and, like, they had, like, cool gadgets and shoes and stuff and, like, bags and shit. It was a cool-ass shop. But um, Jay used to work there or whatever, and I guess, like, one of the girls that worked there was, like, yo, uh, like, you're from Atlanta? You like all this southern rap music? You heard Baller's Eve? And he was like, no, what's that? And he was like, she was like, oh, they, they do this radio show right up there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess the next day he just showed up and, like, he never left. <laughs> like, he never left. He just became a part of our crew. Like, he just, he heard about these guys from Atlanta that did a radio show. Yeah, Jay Scott, dude, is the truth, dude. And, and I mean, he, 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 I'm not saying this, he said this in life, you know, like, we were his start to DJing. Like, that's how we... You know, and then, you know, he was with Yams and they, you know, they, you know, I mean, he was telling me about, I mean, I met, I met Yams from him and uh, they were telling me, you know, about Rocky and all this shit. I mean, and then they brought Rocky to the radio station. And that was his first interview. Was that Baller's Was Eve? it really? His first radio interview. Yeah. He might've done some like video stuff, but his first radio interview was with us. Um, yeah, I mean, and then Jay was on the road with him, mm-hmm. and he was a DJ, but he always pointed back, was like, I got my start DJing at Baller's Eve, you know, like, he always was like, you know, he always, he always showed that love, and yeah. he, he always stayed down, like, I mean, he was always, I mean, he's my brother. Yeah, he was funny as shit, too. Oh, he my He would have God. me cracking up, but. He's so funny, it, and his Twitter's gone. Is it really? Yeah, I was trying to find it the other day, because he said so much amazing shit, and I was trying to find it, and I was like, that's crazy. Oh, shit. Yeah, but, yeah. All right, so I don't remember what year it was, but you shoot me a text or you shoot me an email one day, you're like, hey, check out this record. And it was someone called Trinidad James. Oh, Trinidad James. And I don't remember what song it was. It was before I'll go to everything, though. I remember listening, like, huh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. How did you discover his music at the time? Okay, um, how did I, okay, so, I was, so I was working with Grip at this point. This is like 2011. Wait, no, this is 2012. So I'm working with Grip. And I was kind of like, you know, trying to figure out this manager type of shit, you know, like, cause I started, I got into, well, I'll, I'll tell that later. But basically I'm working with Grip and I'm like doing this like thing that I think managers would do. Like, I, I, that's what I think I'm doing. I'm like, oh, let me, let me just like go on Twitter and see who's talking about grip. So I'm like searching stuff, trying to find stuff. And I, well, I, what I found was like this kid, uh, Nicholas Williams saying, uh, check out my song, all gold, everything. And, and I, I like, and I went like, I looked at the link and I was like, this looks, it was like, it was like this like image, I had this like Jeremy Scott sneaker on it. And it was like, it just looked, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I like clicked on it and like, and it was like all gold, everything. Hmm. And I was like, I heard his voice and I was like, to me, I was like, this is the next voice of Atlanta. Like his voice sounds crazy. Like he sounds dope. Like, like, and it was all gold, everything. It was the first song I heard. Oh wow. And, and um, I started playing it. On the, on, the, on, the, on the radio uh, on Baller's Eve and then I got a call from like a, a, an A&R and I was like they were like what's up with Trinidad James and I was like I was like you want to hear some more shit and he was like he was like yeah he was like come by the office next week and I was like okay 
I got off the phone. I was like, I got to find Trinidad James. <laughs> so I, did all my, I figured out who, I called him at his work. And, uh, you know, we, we, we connected. He was like, who the fuck is this white boy calling me, like, you know, at work, like, playing my music? Like, I just put a song on SoundCloud, sent it to Grip or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was... So yeah, I mean, it, it turned into something and he sent me a couple records by the, by the end of the day. He sent me a few more records and he sent me the cover of the album, which was crazy. I was like, I, hadn't even, I didn't even know what he looked like. I just was playing this song that I thought was cool. And I was like, the record cover was crazy. He had the suit on, you know, and, uh, and so yeah, that's kind of how that happened. And then, so we just started talking and like, I was the only, I guess at that moment, like I was the only person in his ear, like talking about any kind of like working with him. And, to that capacity and I was like look this is what I was going to say before is at this point I had had a lot of uh, different relationships with a lot of different artists and their teams and all this kind of stuff and I'd, I'd been in these situations where I'd passed the ball a number of times to different people like this big person at this big brand is calling me because we have a relationship because maybe I worked somewhere that I know them from there or whatever but the connection is me and I make the call and get this person this deal or whatever and like that happened like so many times like different scenarios or whatever and I ain't a hater or whatever but like I knew what was going on I was learning the game I was like oh shit people are using me for my <laughs> services and they're not welcome paying to the me. music industry but music industry 101 <laughs> so that's why when I got the call like yo what's up with Trinidad James I was like oh you want to hear some more shit you know like I was, I was just doing what I'd seen you know like <laughs> I mean and that shit worked because <laughs> we turned it into a, a hit record yeah. talk about the the music video so the video, I mean, look, the first people to believe in Trinidad James is like that I know, like that I, that, that like you guys, right? Jay Scott, I'm not a toy. These are people that, Dirty Glove, these are people that are supporting it or whatever. But uh, the people that I like sent it to, like, you know, like, you know, just like some, I sent it to D Wong. I'm like, D Wong from the Motion Family. I'm like, yo, this artist, I'm working with him. Um, I think this is really dope shit. I sent him Females Welcome. I sent him All Gold Everything and something else. And I was like, I sent him the album cover too. And I was like, bro, I just want to like, I was like, I want to make a video for this All Gold Everything song. I think this is, I think this is it. He listened to it. He played it for Bass and Dave. And they like, I mean, they literally like, I've never really put this out there like this. So I'll put it out there now. Like, but they were like, we'll shoot it for you up front. We believe in it. They made All Gold Everything for us for free up front, like, and, uh, and they got paid on the back end or whatever. Yeah. They did the video up front and, um, and uh, it was, the rest classic, is history. Man. I don't classic know. Classic video. Like that was a hell of an introduction for an artist was that video. That video was crazy. I mean, me and Dave were going back and forth me in New York, him sending me the new rough draft of it, like for two, three weeks, like we worked that video out. It was like, it was, uh, it, we worked on it heavy. Like, you know, I definitely was a big part of the edit, like, you know, and, and, and made sure that it was like, had this story where it's like day to night, like it starts yeah. off in the daytime and he's here. Cause we had all this footage or whatever, but it didn't really make sense. And I was like, it's really the story is like, he's this dude, he's from Southside but he goes to like to L bar and turns up on, uh, at night or whatever. Like, and he hangs out with all kinds of crazy people, or whatever. And like, when people saw that, it connected with so many people cause it, it felt real. Like it was like, yeah, like 
not everybody's just in a box like mm -hmm. over here. Like people go to different places, and you know, and Atlanta got that that energy or whatever. So I felt like it really showed that, especially that Atlanta energy at that time. You know, you got you know Speaker Fox, like me and Speaker Fox DJing at, at L Bar in the video. Like you know, Dax is there. Yeah. You know, like it, you know, I don't know, Grips there. I don't know. Brit was there. I mean, there's so many. I don't know, folks in there. It was, it was, I mean, that was a that was an era. That was a time, and and that really actually shows that. Like, and a lot of people. That's some underground Atlanta, like the L bar scene or whatever. Like, you were either there or you weren't or whatever. <laughs> but like, if you were there, you go back and look at look at all gold everything. That was that was what it was. Yeah. And ten years later, this record still turns up the crowd. Everything. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Still going. Still going. I got to get my, my new plaque. I got to get my plaque updated. <laughs> Which one you got? Just the gold? Or? I just got the gold. I got to, yeah, I got to upgrade. It's platinum now? Yeah, it's platinum. Okay. I got to get my platinum That's plaque. That's major right there. Yeah, I know. I got to upgrade it. Um, so the video drops. What happens to you in Trinidad? Me in Trinidad? Um, we got to work, man. Um, other people got involved. Um, and... Um, but um, he definitely could have squeezed me out earlier, but he kept me in and, and we had a really cool thing going. And, you know, we, we toured, um, you know, we did a lot of shit, man. I mean, I, you know, I helped him. Um, I feel like stay creative, like stay in his creative, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where I really came into the, play, in the picture was like, you know, I wasn't into like, um, I, I was in it for like the art and, and, and the, you know, of it you know what i'm saying like and to make that better you know what i'm saying i wasn't there to like hang out and be a part of this like situation mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like that's what's going on with the situation you know you know how people are like you know the, the game or whatever i was like man i just want to be a part of this artist's career and like do this really cool thing and grow this thing and make it dope like and and uh you know like once you get like a lot of people involved like you got like you know and then def jams involved it's like so many people are involved at this point and it becomes like no fun mm -hmm. for a guy like me who's like i mean i'm like a punk rock skateboarder kid like from marietta georgia like i'm not like you know i don't know like i ain't an industry guy like i grew up here you know like going to like hardcore shows in techwood back in the day when nobody went to techwood like no you know what i'm saying like you didn't want to go out there it was like but um yeah, I mean, like, uh, I wasn't in it for the, the glitz and the glamour. I was like, I really wanted to, like, be a part of this thing or whatever. And, you know, it played out the way that it did as far as, like, you know, our, our relationship. Like, me and, me and Nick had a, you know, I, we're still cool. That's my bro. Like, you know, and we just finished Don't, Don't Be Safe 2 last mm -hmm. year. I, we, we got back in together. We were in the studio. And, you know, I mean, I did some A&R, you know, and producing type of stuff like you know um, assisting or whatever on it and and you know shouts out to him and the the the, the knife fight crew um, um but yeah like that situation was just your typical uh major label just destroy a artist with a great record situation you know what i mean it was just Def Jam's like it was just classic. It was like the the guy that signed him left a month later. <laughs> Joey IE was like out the door. Like it was just like and then New York was hella mad. They they they're still mad at Trinidad. Like I tried to I like I tried to go and get the reissue for All Gold Everything and Universal said like somebody on the inside told me I'm not going to give anybody up. Somebody on the inside told me there's still people that hate on Trinidad James. 
And so this is going to be, this is not going not to be easy to do. And, it, and nothing really happened. Like, we couldn't really get the reissue going. But, like, people still haters. Like, and uh, I mean, whatever. What are you going to do? Like, people are going to hate, you know. But, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know if I answered your question or went <laughs> off. Like, you could. <laughs> did, I, did I answer the question? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. So we were together for, like, a year in that, like, whole thing. A year and a half, we worked together. And then um, we did our own thing after that, yeah. you know. So, Ballers Eve, 20 years. Ballers Eve, 20 years. What are we doing, man? Some big stuff. Uh, I'm, working on, um, I'm working on this book. Um, uh, I started talking to Dante Ross. I don't know if you know Dante Ross. Uh, like OG hip hop, um, A&R. And uh, he's actually, his, he's got a book coming out uh, pretty soon. Um, and um, I'm gonna be Hopefully, working on this project with him, um, uh, you know, this book, this Baller's Eve book, um, Coffee Table. Oh, that's big. Book, photographs from Patrick Buckley, Matt McGinley. You always had the best photographers. I got the best photographers. Like, shouts out to my guys. Uh, yeah, Pat and, and Matt, those dudes, 30 Pack and, and Ginch. These guys were rider dies, you know. <laughs> this is like before having cool photos, like, <laughs> This is before Instagram, right? Before Instagram, they're pulling up or whatever. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, um, we're doing this book. And then also um, coming out uh, in, it, soon, coming soon, uh, the Baller's Eve Story podcast. Okay. Where I, uh, me and Minsky and Cat Daddy and um, sit down with a number of the, the people that came through the doors over the years, whether they were artists, they were friends that were just hanging around or they were um, whatever. There's people or DJs at the radio station that had other shows. Mm. We're bringing in a bunch of people to talk about East Village Radio, Baller's Eve and like how we did what we did, you know, or whatever. I'm trying to keep it like like a couple episodes like but I got work to do, but it's coming. And then after that, we're going to just uh, do what we're supposed to do, which is Ballers Eve uh, radio podcast. Um, I'm going to get that going uh, in, time for that, man. in October it's on time our 20th anniversary. We're going to go back to back to doing that. Um, but the, the grown up version, the sit down version, <laughs> you know, we version. used to do our show at 10 o'clock at night. It was like in the middle of the street. You know, we were like, was it like, was on, saying, a, like on a like, Wednesday, right? It was like a Wednesday nights. Yeah, yeah you're hung, we were hung over every Thursday for 14 <laughs> years, you know, or 12 years we did the show. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we did the tw- show from 2003 to 2014. They showed, so it was like 11 years. Yeah. Uh, major. Uh, at the, uh, there, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to be, you know, be hearing that, man. It's time. Yeah, it's going to be coming. Yeah. be coming soon. Cool. Yeah, you'll definitely know. But yeah, um, what else, boss? That's all I got, man. You want to shout out at anyone before we wrap it up? Um, well, let's see. I think if I do shout outs, it'll be too many. It'll be a long list. It'll be too many shout outs. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I'll just do uh, shout outs out to Dirty Glove. Nigga niggas tryna throw dirt on my name. She drinking my cup, no Kurt Cobain. Yeah, Glock be the name and you're not go.